Reflections, a collection of leadership podcasts by me, Barry Dorr. Today we complete our exploration of leadership through the eyes of Mary, looking for the final time at my book, Lead Like Mary. And we're going to look briefly at Mary's final two traits around joint accountability and relentlessness. And then we'll summarise by considering how anyone, especially you, if you truly want to, could aspire to be Mary and could indeed become Mary. Let's look at her final two traits first, fairly briefly. When I'm uh, doing these on leadership programs, they tend to be quite brief compared to some of the other traits, mainly because I think they are straightforward and people just uh, really do get this. Joint accountability. Mary absolutely believes that she needs to hold others accountable. She knows that if if somebody says they're going to do something, she has to hold them to account to do it. If you don't hold people to account, there's a real issue. She has to have consequences, both positive and negative, of achievement or not achievement of the things they're held accountable for. So if somebody says they're going to do something and they do, there should be some kind of acknowledgement, praise, recognition, reward. But if they don't do it, there has to be consequences. However, she also understands there are two sides to the coin. Because she's jointly accountable, she cannot expect to hold somebody singly accountable unless she makes herself jointly accountable. What do we mean by that? Well, she does that by giving clarity. This is exactly what I want you to do and by when. Resources. This is the resources you'll have to do this. And support. Meeting regularly, reviewing how things are going. So she knows she's going to hold somebody accountable. She has to demonstrate joint accountability as well. And if I took you back right to the start of one of these podcasts to Bill and Sydney, here's the difference. Remember Bill, this um, leader who leads by shouting at others, really... um, almost bullying in the way this autocratic leader. He would not practice joint accountability at all, of course. He would simply tell people, that he would, I'm holding you accountable and you must do this by this date and there will be dire consequences if you don't. The other character was Sydney, this much more lily-livered and weak leader. Frankly, he would neither hold somebody accountable or provide joint accountability himself. And I do commend to you, there is a real strength to joint accountability where it really works. It's a very powerful thing indeed. Mary practices it regularly. She's also relentless. I'm just going to refer you to the Lead Like Mary book on page 166, which is the relentlessness chapter. Two quotes. First, an anonymous one. Surround yourselves with talent, then just grind it out. That's a definition anonymously of leadership. Surround yourself with talent, then grind it out. Be relentless, grind it out. And one from Dale Carnegie. The important things in the world have been accomplished by people who have kept on trying where there seemed to be no hope at all. Wow. Important things in the world have been accomplished by people who have kept on trying where there seemed to be no help at all. Hope, hope at all. I think they are very, very important quotes. When I talk about Mary being relentless, there's absolutely no connection between her being ruthless and relentless. She's not ruthless. These are very different words. But it does take us full circle back to a leader who believes their first role is to serve others. You might remember that, that's her first trait. And indeed in that chapter, in that podcast, we looked at Jim Collins' findings in Good to Great, who 
who found that sustainable organisations so, so often had leaders who combined personal humility and professional will. They were humble people, but they had this self-effacing people, but they had this incredible professional will. They were just determined to succeed, not for themselves, but for their organisation and their team, to really deliver for their customers, their stakeholders, whoever. And they did it through, frankly, relentlessness. Where personal humility and relentlessness come together, that is a powerful combination. And I do think relentless leaders will dust themselves off when they got knocked over. They really will. And they will confront brutal facts. They know things will get in their way. They know there'll be barriers. They know there'll be roadblocks. They know they'll trip over things. But if there are brutal facts the organisation or the team must face, they will lead the red flag flying. They will say, we have to look at these. We cannot move forward until we face these brutal facts. We're going to be relentless in dealing with them. I talk in Lead Like Mary about a leader who isn't the sole person I base Mary on, but heavily influences me. And how she came into an organisation about five years ago and picked up so many problems, much more than she expected. It would have been so, so easy to give up, but she didn't. Day after day, sometimes hour after hour, day after day, week by week, she just stuck at the task in hand, making small steps forward one week, maybe a small step back the next, but always focused on what was possible and always being relentless and driving forward. So I would certainly summarise Mary as being relentless. There's a lot of evidence now that says relentlessness, persistence is just so important. There's some been some um, quite well-researched work done that says People can have equal intelligence, but the one who will really succeed is the one who is the most relentless, no matter what their level of intelligence. I think that is a very, very, very fair point. So Mary is relentless. There are ninth and tenth traits. So let's pull the whole of this Mary story together. We've looked at Mary over a series of podcasts now and examined her ten traits. Just remind you, her first four are her character traits, and they're to do with leading by serving others, being personally highly effective, being values-led and courageous, and being trusting and trustworthy. And to me, those four traits define who Mary is from deep inside her. If you remember, inside-out leadership, where you lead, firstly because of who you are, before you influence those around her, around you. Those first four traits are her character traits. So she, deep from deep inside her, believes her first role is to serve others. She really works hard to build her personal effectiveness. From deep inside her, she's values-led, and that gives her courage. And from deep inside her, she's a really trusting person. She is willing to trust others. It's not a blank check, but she's willing to trust others. She is absolutely trustworthy. The next six traits, the six we've been examining since then, we move into the middle circle of inside-out leadership. This is what she does with those around her. You remember, she gets the right people on the bus and the wrong people off where necessary. She's a visionary who executes she gives her team absolute clarity because those around her absolute clarity. They have no doubt what they're there to do. And she gives them freedom within a framework. And in doing that, she builds the right culture. She engages people. She makes sure that they are creative, but only focused on the most important things. As we briefly explored today, she practices joint accountability. And she's relentless. So there's Mary's traits. So here's my summary thoughts. Mary's can exist anywhere this is nothing to do with hierarchy we want people to lead like mary at the top of organizations to be authentic leaders but we need leaders at every level if we're to make progress everywhere and not just in organizations we need them in society 
We need them in voluntary endeavours, we need them in communities, we need them in families. And remember, Mary is not perfect. She just simply tries every day to do a better job than yesterday, to move slightly forward. It doesn't always work. She'll have days, weeks when things just don't seem to be working, but she sticks at it. She knows she's far from the finished article as a great leader, but she's willing to every day try to be that little bit better than the day before. And really, you can't ask a lot more than that. How would I describe Mary? She's authentic. By authentic, I mean she's a genuine person who leads because of who she is, not the role that she has. This word genuine, this word authentic is so important. And anyone, absolutely anyone, can strive to become Mary, can strive to lead like Mary. What I often ask people to do at this stage, you might choose to do it after this podcast, just to get a piece of paper and a pen, go somewhere quiet. There is a heading I want you to put on the piece of paper, which is the leader I want to be. The leader I want to be. Just spend a few minutes writing down a maximum of 20 words, not as a bullet point list, but as a paragraph, to answer the question, what is the leader you want to be? When you read that back, it's a pretty powerful example of what's possible. And my challenge to you is that you don't need to wait to become that leader. You can choose to do everything you can to be that leader from this very day, whenever you're listening to this podcast. Read what you've written if you write this out and see how powerful it is, because they will be powerful words. Nothing can stop you striving to be that leader from today. All you need in place is desire, authenticity, a willingness to serve others, and determination. You know, organisations across the world are crying out for leaders who lead like Mary. Society is crying out for leaders who lead like Mary. Charities are crying out for leaders who lead like Mary. Neighbourhoods, communities, families. Look at some of the mess the world's in at the moment. Look at some of the current political mess. Look at what's happening with Brexit and in America. Then contrast a leader like Jacinda Ardern in New Zealand. After the terror attacks there, how she really came to the fore with compassion where she embraced the suffering. She brought the whole country together, but she had inner steel, which is why she led, bringing in gun control laws straight away and all those other things that she did. A quite amazing woman. But, you know, Lead Like Mary isn't about world leaders. It's about leaders at every level in any organisation. It's about families and about voluntary endeavours. Actually, it's about you. For too long, bills have dominated. But I sense it's changing. There is an e- not a revolution, there is an evolution towards a new generation of leaders with a new approach. A new generation who lead differently. They lead through being authentic, genuine, they serve others, they're values led, they're courageous, and they lead from the inside out. They know it all begins with them. And do you know something? You too can lead like Mary, today. Go on, do it, go and do it. You've been listening to Leadership Reflections, a series of leadership podcasts by me, Barry Dorr. I'm going to return again soon with my next podcast. What I'm going to do, I think, is introduce you to my second book, which is called Building a Community. And I may well read the book over a series of podcasts, create a kind of audio book while commenting on the leadership aspects as we go along. I hope that might work for you. In the meantime, I'll see you very soon. Bye bye.